Welcome, welcome back to the Rodeo Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Camry Rorda, and we are glad you are here. Uh, today's podcast is amazing. Um, as always, God has blessed us with another wonderful person in the Western industry. We are on our 110th podcast, and there is not a single one that God didn't have a part of. There's not a single one of these podcasts that there isn't a message of growth, of strength, of belief, of faith, of good times, of downtimes, of highs and lows, and all the things that we all experience. This podcast is family-friendly. This podcast is for you, to help you, to support you, to encourage you as well. So if you haven't listened to the past podcast, after you listen to this one, I encourage you to go back and and listen to some of those beginning podcasts. Um, Scroll back in your in the archives, I guess you could say, and find some of those early episodes because there's just as many good stuff, uh, good guests and good messages in there. You know, we've had world champions and business owners and entertainers and just all kinds of different people who want to share their knowledge with you so you can be successful as well. So today, um, if you listened to the last podcast, you know that Rodeo Kids now has a leadership team, and our team leaders are taking the lead on the Rodeo Kids podcast as well. That means is that they are going out, they are asking and inviting the guests, they are coming up with the questions, and they are literally taking the lead on the Rodeo Kids podcast not only to develop their skills, but also to broaden our horizons. You know, I only know so many people in our family who uh, are kind of behind rodeo kids. Uh, we get tapped out sometimes and, and we want this to be an awesome experience for the kids as well. So we are super excited today. Team leader Connor Essick leads the podcast with his guest, Doug Dahl who leads the Cowboy Church Services at the Iowa High School Rodeo Association Rodeos. He also does it at Youth Rodeos and is a minister uh, for his Cowboy Church locally in Dyke, Iowa. So we are super excited. Guys, this message is on fire. It's for parents. It's for kids. It's for uh, people who just love the Western way of life and, and who are on fire for God. And guys, it you're going to be lit up after this one. Like, I am so excited for you uh, to hear this message that Doug shares with us today and and just what God God brought us today. And we are just blessed with the best guests. So, without further ado, we welcome Doug Dahl. Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle. All right, thanks for joining us today. I was really excited when I heard that you were Connor's guest. I was just telling him I didn't realize that you were doing the... uh, the, the cowboy churches at the high school rodeos anymore. And I told him Jeff Metcalf used to do it when I was in high school and he doesn't even know who Jeff Metcalf is. <laughs> yeah. Jeff kind of, uh, Jeff kind of started the whole thing years ago. And, um, we, um, well, when, uh, when Coop got into fifth grade, I started with the junior high high school, but before that, it was um, a lot of youth, Osceola, Tumwas, uh, Bloomfield, um, and then uh, became ordained and uh, lay pastor for our church 
church here in Dyke. So um, it's been going on for quite a while for me. Cool. Very cool. Well, um, I'll give you the Rodeo Kids introduction. So welcome to the Rodeo Kids podcast. Um, Connor Essick, we now have our team leaders. They are uh, conducting these interviews and they're going through the process of inviting our guests and reaching out and coming up with the questions. And so um, we were super excited when Connor, Connor chose you. And so I'm going to let him introduce you and how he knows you. Um, and then let him take over with the, the questions. Awesome. Hi, everyone. My name is Connor Essick. I high school rodeo in the state of Iowa. I met Doug a few years ago through rodeo. He is given the messages for Cowboy Church every Sunday for rodeos for the past few years. And I've learned a lot from him, and he's helped me a lot through my rodeo experience. So. I thought he'd be a great man to have on this call. Mm -hmm. Indeed. What's your first question for him, Connor? Doug, could you tell us about a little bit about yourself and your rodeo experience? Sure. Um, well, I live in uh, I live uh, in a small town of Dyke. Um, born and raised here. Uh, live on the same family farm that I was raised on. Um, have three. Uh, three boys, 14, 12, and eight, and um, they are all involved with rodeo as well. A little technical glitch um, in our saving process, but Connor's question for Doug is, where do you get inspiration for your messages that you give during Cowboy Church? <laughs> okay. Um, it comes from a variety of things for me. Um, it, may be, it may be something that I just felt in my heart something that I felt that is going on in the world right now that um, people are dealing with, people um, are scared of, fearful. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of changes in this world and there's a lot of fear in this world. And that, and that in my mind is, is, is Satan trying to win this battle right now. Um, so for me, um, it may be just pulling out the Bible and seeing if something strikes me, but most of it, most of it honestly comes from something that I am possibly heavy hearted about something that is on my mind. Um, and I say that because I feel that I feel that, um, God's pro probably putting me through this trial or this temptation for a reason. And I believe that reason is for me to learn, for me to grow, but also that somebody is possibly facing this same thing and, and needs to hear um, a couple of things, needs to hear that others are experiencing that. And two, um, if, if, if God has given me that, then that's my way of speaking his words to help somebody through a time that they're going through i believe that we're all dealing with something and so there's there's a purpose for everything right and i think there's a purpose that i feel certain things and that's what typically drives me to write the sermons that i do because i'm i'm typically looking through the bible to try and help myself with a verse or or uh 
possibly a, a parable that that guy or that Jesus has has spun on somebody. But um, that typically is the is ninety percent of where it comes from. It's just what I possibly am feeling at that time. Gosh, I love that. Like that's uh, there's so much truth to that, and I really love what you were talking about. And that's one thing I'm sure Connor can attest to this that we're kind of working towards in our rodeo kids leadership team is like how what we've learned and what we go through that we're not alone that there's always yeah. other people who are feeling similar things and and how can we use what we've learned and our message and what what we've received from the good lord to help others so i i just love that you're speaking to that um right now yeah and it and it could be it could be good things it could be it could be tough times i mean um you know god God rejoices more most when we're happy, when we're celebrating, when we're dancing, that brings his, uh, that brings the greatest joy to him. So I try not to always, um, go down this, um, you know, Hey, Satan's nipping at our heels type of thing, because there's a lot of positive things in there as well that can just help maybe build somebody's momentum, you know, make them want to smile when they leave. Um, not necessarily, not necessarily has to always do with, with the temptation that, that Satan has put in front of them. We want God, we want, we want God to be dancing, rejoicing in our happiness. So how can we use faith in our rodeo? Um, you know, we should use faith in everything that we do, um, Connor, but I think that's a good question to specifically bring it back to something that we love. Um, I know you have a great passion for rodeo as well. And I think, you know, I think that we should, we should keep using it the way we've been using it. And I mentioned the Western way of life and the Western lifestyle, and that's, that was a big part of it. That was, that was a big part of, um, of man, my phone's doing something funny, but hopefully you can still see me, but, um, that is a, a, a big part of how the Western way of life was, you know, it was, it was a handshake. It was believing in God. It was, um, morals and we've, we've, we've lost some of that. Some of that has escaped from us, um, over the years and rodeo is one of the, as you well know, is one of the few sports, um, that start with a prayer that still continuously, you know, will never stop with the national anthem. You will never see, you know, um, a kneeler in protest, uh, for the national anthem. So I think in my mind, you know, um, faith is, is very strong in this sport and in this way of life right now. Um, and it always has been what we have to do as, as I think, as in this industry and in this sport is our job is to try and make others see what we do, make others see the power of prayer the power of friendship, the power of praying together. Um, I don't know that there's anything more, um, anything more awesome than 
you know, uh, a group of guys, gals, um, having a prayer before, um, you know, uh, a, a saddle bronc event or before the rodeo, whatever it is. Um, our job is to try and bring it to other sports. In my opinion, that's just kind of where I feel. I think others have lost touch with this, but because of our roots and our way of life, then it's, it's up to us to bring that back. That's something God is asking of us. Yeah, that's really powerful. Doug, what is your favorite message you've given? Yeah. Oh, Lord in heaven. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think probably. Whew, um, you know, you asked me, you, you asked me that. Um, and I think it probably has to do. Um, I think it has to do with uh, a sermon that I gave. Um, I'm trying to think where I gave it at. It might have been at asked and I can't remember, but it was about raising children. And and I and I entitled that sermon um, Take the Reins. And basically what that was all about was that as it was it was honestly that one was was directed at both parents and children. Um, and what my message that I wanted to get across was that we have a greater responsibility as parents than we can possibly fathom. Um, we are, these children that we raise do not, they don't belong to us. They're God's children, right? So they're put in our hands and our care um, to mold them in God's image, to bring them um, his messages to mold them in the way that he wants them. So when they are ready to enter the kingdom of heaven, they're prepared. They're ready to go. That's, that's our job as parents. And as, as, as God, so here's, here's one thing that I, I remember saying in, in Ezekiel 16, uh, God says about the children who are being offered in human sacrifice they are my children. And then in Mark chapter 10, Jesus says, permit the children to come to me. So he's, he's calling the children, they are my children. And he, he says that multiple times. Um, so basically in a nutshell, my message there was to, to make, make parents understand the importance because we, I'm guilty of it as anybody because just because I do the cowboy churches does not mean that I'm perfect, that I don't have my failures. Um, but to Still stop human. and think that our, our job, yes, exactly. <laughs> but our job as parents is not to buy everything under the sun or take them to every camp that we can think of to, um, get them the most expensive clothes, take them to every vacation destination you can. Those are all great things. Those are things that we all need to experience as families, but our true being for having these children is to raise them in the image that we want them as they enter the kingdom. And, and my, my message to the children in that was 
though sometimes kids look at parents like we're cuckoo or um, we we don't know exactly what we're talking about. Um, there are times that we may not even know exactly why we're going down the road we're going, but we are being steered through Christ as parents. And and what I asked of the children during that, and I, I say children, I'm talking to junior high, high school kids, but I say children, you know, but uh, they're children, <laughs> they're children of God. But as as our children, um, there, I ask for trust. I ask for their trust to know that what we want as parents, as their earthly parents, their earthly father and me, is to trust that um, there's obviously something being driven in me through Christ that I'm trying to teach to them. And so though I may seem like I am disconnected and unaware of anything that a teenage boy or girl is going through, um, and I may be, but it may be what God is asking me to uh, convey to these children and say, look, you may think I'm nuts now. You may think that what I'm trying to tell you, what I'm trying to teach you, what I have scolded you for is wrong. Um, but there's a bigger meaning behind it. Um, and if a, if, if a parent is truly paying attention to that, then um, they will recognize that. And they'll recognize that, hey, my son or daughter is going through a, a, a trial or a temptation that God has put forth and my job is to help steer them through that and make them make them worthy make them ready for that step because we never know when that next step is going to come we yeah. never know when that time we never know when that time that the that that the gates are going to open for us and so we've seen how many times have we seen small children leave this earth um and it 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 is the saddest thing and it is it is heart-wrenching and i can't even imagine as a parent what that would feel like um but at the same time what a gift what a gift that we have given our children if we have truly raised them to enter that kingdom and be ready to embrace their heavenly father we're mm -hmm. sad down here as their earthly parents but what what a place that we have helped them get to by entering and meeting their heavenly father. Wow, that is so powerful and and such a good point that I, I think it it gets made in conversations like this and it gets made in church. Um, and we hope that, you know, with this podcast and and with opportunities like this, that we can continue to share that message because, um, you know, something that kind of came up earlier and that we've been talking a little bit about is how conversations like these have almost become taboo in just your day-to-day -day lives. Like you have yeah. to be in a certain safe space in your little bubble that's like, mm -hmm. here's your Christian bubble and here's the rest of your life to have yeah. um, these conversations. So uh, thank you. Thank you for being willing to share that um, and to bring light on that. You know, I, I wrote an article a while back that was like very similar to focus on the end game. You know, it's so easy to get wrapped up on the earthly things. And, and that's not the end game. The end game is, and it's not just parents either. That's one thing that I really like to 
to shed light on too. It's all adults. It's all Christians, um, you know, who are, who are elders, who are in the process of becoming elders. Um, and even, you know, like this leadership team and the, the rodeo kids ambassadors, you know, Connor is an elder to somebody. And so every single one of us as Christians has a responsibility, um, to continue sharing and growing and educating ourselves and those that come come behind us and those that are beyond us to to remember like uh, you know kids yes trust your parents but also if you're in the process of learning and you're going to cowboy church and you're hearing these messages make sure you're sharing them back with your parents too because um you know as christians we all have a responsibility to share this message amongst each other and have these conversations and for it to be fun to talk about God again for sure uh, important yes yes the the fun and the excitement um has to be there you know I mean we can sit in church and and you know everybody has this uh uh vision of oh my gosh I gotta go to church and children falling asleep during a sermon whatever so you know making it interesting and fun is huge and you know I have a really good friend that um has he and his wife have been unable to have children and they've tried every which way and they asked me you know why is this happening to us why is this happening to us because they want to have that opportunity and I said well you know I I don't know 100% how to answer that and someday you'll get your true answer but for me um you know, I, to your point about all Christians is I, is my point was, you know, you hold possibly a bigger gift just in another way. Um, you still have, um, a tremendous amount of nieces and nephews. You still have kids in your community. They're very active in their community. So I said, you know, it's, it's not, it's not necessarily being blessed with children of your own you're you're to your point again you're still acting as that leader you're still acting as that person that's forming these children and may have a bigger impact than than they can possibly imagine they might not even know the impact that they have on a child even though they don't have their own Mm -hmm. they could have an impact on a child that that sets them to a whole nother standard to a whole nother level that they have no idea that they made that and and so that was my point to them and it's not a punishment from christ it's not that you're not that they're not ready that they're not willing that they're not good people it's just their journey that god has put them on and possibly will influence in another way Mm -hmm. so there's always there's always a divine purpose for mm-hmm. what we do and what we've been given. You know, we lose children at an early age. We lose parents at an early age. We um, friends, but there's there is there is a purpose for everything under heaven, and that is something we lose tremendous sight of because it's easy on earth to get caught up in that. Because we're the ones here to suffer the pain while uh, and, and and can't fathom the fact that they are celebrating with Christ, rejoicing with him. 
Amen. Doug, that reminds me a lot of when you talked about God's timing at one of your messages at Esterville. Could you talk a little bit on that? Um, I assume you're talking about Providence. Is that is that kind of what you were? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, Providence is is a very, I don't know, maybe a word that we get looked at, looked over. I mean, what's the first thing that pops in your head when you think of Providence? I mean, you ask somebody that, they probably say Rhode Island, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not a word that you hear a lot of, but I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a very simple, it's a very simple thing in the Bible. And it's simply that God is, he is aware. He is in your life. He is aware of what's happening in your life. He's invested in your life. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those deals. And I, I kind of touched on a little bit earlier where, you know, right now we're just getting hammered people are just getting hammered by certain things that bring fear and anxiety into their life. You know, it's, it's financially, it's, um, wars, it is, um, inflation, it's, uh, elections, whatever it is, there's so much fear that's being brought into this world. And it's sad that that takes over, but what we forget is that no matter what, God is invested in us and he's aware of what's going on. Um, you know, it's, it, you sometimes have to ask yourself, where did I put my faith? Where is my faith? Where did I put it? Because we get so tied up in the fears and the anxieties and the worries um, during that time. Um, and there's something wonderful about being said, um, in the dependency that you can see in the faithful hand of God. So, you know, providence, like I said, is a word that just gets overused. And, it, and it's very simple. It's very simple. It's just trust. Trust in the fact that God is aware and that God is knowing what's going on in your life. Um, if Satan can get to us and worry and get burdened and anxious and stressed and defeated and fearful, um, you know, we're in trouble if we let that, if we allow that to happen. Um, but because he's going to keep nipping on our heels, he's going to keep roaming like a lion, um, looking for whatever and whomever. Um, and there was, there was a phrase that I, that I used in that, um, you know, well, anyway, it's, it's relevant, but Fear, right now, fear is a liar. Um, fear is a liar. Fear tells you something completely different. Um, it tells you that tomorrow is something to be afraid of. Fear tells you you're not going to be who you are tomorrow. Um, but yet we give into that. We give into fear so easy and, and let anxiety take over um, so quickly. Um, and, and honestly, when we worry, when we worry, what we're doing is we're refusing to know God, right? Real quick to, this is a point to Connor, you know, one thing that he's been talking about a lot is his mental game and, you know, back in the box mm -hmm. and the, the anxiety and you said fear is a liar. And you were talking about how it was 
you know, it's, we worry about tomorrow, but I think it's, it's the fear that's in the moment even, and focusing yes. on that fear instead of on the faith is something that, um, that, it, that a lot of people really struggle with right now. Um, and yeah. so I love what you're saying. Cause this is, as Connor's been talking about, you know, like that anxiety back and in the box, I think this relates directly to even in the moment stuff. Right. And the thing about fear, the thing about fear and anxiety, and, and I learned this, I keep getting the sun, the sun's moving in my eyes. Um, the thing about fear and anxiety is, is that is being driven by Satan to us. Um, and fear can produce a lot of different things. Fear can, fear and anxiety can produce health problems. They can produce mental problems. They can shorten your life. And I can tell you one thing, the only thing that I can guarantee you, the only thing that I'll say today that I can guarantee you that I know for a fact is that fear will never put you, will never put you into a longer life. Never will worry, mm -hmm. never will worry, give you a longer life. So think about that. If you, people, you've never heard of somebody working themselves to death. You've never heard of somebody praying themselves to death, but worrying will put you to death. Mm -hmm. And that's what Satan's plan is. Never will you worry yourself into a longer life. That's not a thing. Think about that, Connor, as you as you think about fear and what is it really doing to you on a day-to-day -day basis. And and trust me, um, I've again I've been down that road. I can share with you numerous things about myself that has put fear and anxiety into my life. That's just because we're human beings. That's what we do. But if we stop and realize and think, what is that really going to do for me? It's going to hurt me more than anything. And it's not going to buy me any more time. It's not going to make me any better at what I'm trying to do. It is only there to hinder me. It's only there to let Satan say, I won. I won that battle. You mm -hmm. may win the war. You may win the war, God, but I won that battle. So when we talk about fear in athletes and we talk about anxiety and going out and, and, and I have a son that, that is exactly the same way. He is his own worst enemy when he backs into that box or when he um, um, plays a basketball game, whatever. Um, a tremendous kid, tremendous athlete has all the capabilities, but fear takes over. Anxiety takes over. The fear of failing takes over. But I'm going to tell you something. You may fail at what it is that you're trying to do. You may, you may fail at roping that calf in that particular go round or that particular time. You may lose that. But that's not the important thing. That is not the important thing. It's how you bounce back from that. It's how you take that lesson and move forward. You lost that, okay? Move on. Move on. Don't dwell because that's where Satan wants you to stay. That is where Satan wants you to stay. Thank you for that, Doug.
believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Not just not just believing in God. You got to believe in yourself because you're here for a reason. He puts you on this earth for a reason. And it may not your your main purpose in life may not be to rodeo. This is something fun that we do while we're here on this earth. But don't you're not alone. You're not alone in it. He's with you every step of the way. But he's teaching you something through those losses. So what I try and tell, um, I, I sat down and talked to our, our football team in, in town here and, and basically said, you know, if you lose, if something doesn't go your way, learn from that. But, but at the same time, you're not alone, okay? You're not alone in any of this because he's with you every step of the way. Mm-hmm. It didn't go the way you wanted, but it went the way he wanted. That is really awesome. What is the biggest turning point you've had in your life and how did God help you through it? A hmm. um, couple things. I would say, I would say there's, there's two things. There's two things that had turning points in my life. Um, number one, um, I was 26 year old and I lost my dad when he was 59 years old. My dad was my best friend. My dad and I had everything in common. Um, we would haul horses out to, uh, he, he was in a, he manufactured built horse and livestock trailers and horses were my passion and they went hand in hand. And, um, we did everything together. We would load up and we'd haul a trailer. He, uh, we had dealers out in South Dakota, out in Belfouche. We'd haul horses out there and and we'd play and then we'd end up buying horses and have to buy a trailer from the dealer we just sold a trailer to and come home. But we did everything together. We had every we had everything in common. And I lost my dad too early. Um, and I became, I was 26 years old, um, became very angry, became very angry about that. And I couldn't understand. That was the first time that I really felt a loss. And we, we, had three, we had three deaths in a six month span. My grandma, who was my dad's mom, passed away in January. My dad died in July. And then my great grandma passed away three days after my dad did. It's a tremendous blow to our family because they were all loved people in this family. Um, and we're a very tight knit family, large, very large, but very tight knit. And I could not figure out for the life of me why I was going through this when um, we had everything going for us, you know, and it goes back to what I said before about um, we're, we're here to learn. We're here being taught. Right. So there was, there was something there to teach me about this. And I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it because I was so upset. And one of the best things I think I ever heard um, and and was a turning point for me in that particular situation. I, I remember numerous talks with my pastor um, after my dad passed away. And it had been a, it had been a few months, um, probably six months that I just couldn't get a grip on this and was extremely, extremely mad. Um, and I told, and I, and for the first time, 
for the first time, I said to my pastor, I said, you know what? I said, I don't really know if this gig is real. I really don't know. Does, does this God exist? Because I don't know. Why would somebody do this? Why would God do this to me? And my pastor said something very profound to me. And it has stuck with me to this day. And I've used this numerous times. Um, she looked me square in the eye. And she said, well, you're spending an awful lot of time being mad at someone that doesn't exist. And that hit me between the eyes harder than a hammer. And that just what that taught me was, is that, yes, I was mad, but I was mad for the wrong reasons. I was mad at the wrong. Um, I was mad for the wrong reasons, mad for the wrong at the wrong people. Um, I wanted to blame God, but it took me down a road where it tested my faith. So I, you know, a silver lining for me for losing my father is it built a greater faith and a bigger love for Christ than I can possibly ever say, because it tested me to the very end to where I said to myself and to my pastor sitting in a church, does this God that we pray to really exist? Mm -hmm. And when she made that comment to me about you're really being mad at something that doesn't exist, someone that doesn't exist, um, restored everything that I felt that I had lost. And though I missed my father, though I didn't want it to happen, I finally came back to terms with the fact that what I just have said pretty much this whole, this whole time of talking is that there was a reason. There was mm -hmm. a reason and I had to have faith why there was a reason that things happen under heaven. And God obviously had a greater need for him. He had better use for him than he did here on earth. And I believe that. I, I, I to, to this day now, I believe that, that he was needed for a higher purpose and was called for a higher purpose. And, and I can live with that. I miss him dearly, but I can live with the fact that um, he was called back. And, and I'm proud that he was called back. And I take comfort in that he was called back. So the pain, the fear, um all went away um you never stop the missing piece of it but you find reasons and you find why and if you really truly want to stop and think about it and want to put in the effort to understand it will come to you people that people that dwell people that cannot get over things um that that saddens me more than than anything because they're living in this in this pit in this day-to-day -day unhappiness um and i wish so badly that i could give those people um that that power that gift to see that um the the other thing is when i got when when i got married um my my um uh, wife at the time, um, we were told we couldn't have kids. 
we were four years into our marriage and we were told we couldn't have kids. Um, was never going to happen. Um, so we, we did everything that we could. And um, lo and behold, through um, doctors and through a lot of praying, <laughs> we got Cashin and uh, Cooper through that process. And they were, they were gifts. I mean, we, we were told we could never have them and, and they were gifts. And right now I'm going to tell you that I want my money back from that doctor because <laughs> a few, a few years later, Coyle Henry was born and Coyle Henry was not conceived in a hospital room. So I want to talk to that doctor that said we can never have children because <laughs> he owes me a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. But but it it was through the grace of God for whatever reason we were we were fortunate that it worked for us. And and then to have the have the cherry on top and have a um, very energetic, very life-loving young man uh, in our life and coil. Um, that's if that's not a gift, if that's not God saying, "Here, I trust you. I'm giving you this gift." Then I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. Amen. Before Connor asks his next question, I just want to hit on this too, like, and it all just kind of ties into what you're saying and. Um, I learned through going through, you know, life and struggles. I, I read a book at one point in time and, and had a conversation with one of my best friends. And she just made the point that like, it's okay to be mad at God. He can handle it. He can take it. And just like you've been saying this whole time, it's all for a, a reason at the end of the day. Like he's, he's got something for you to learn from it. You know, what I see listening to you is that he needed you to question if he was real so that he could really show you so you could have that epiphany so you could have that moment and look at you here having this conversation now. Yep. Uh, yep. So just for those people who are going through something and you are questioning and you are just, maybe you're not even questioning if God is real, but you're mad at him. He can take it. Like just uh -huh. let him, let him have it, you know, let him know what you're mad about. Get it off your chest, give it up to him. Yep. Um, and he'll show you what's on the other side of that pain and that fear and that frustration. Yep. A hundred percent. Agreed. I yeah. agree. A hundred percent. Doug, one last question. How do you think rodeo athletes should share God's amazing message? Um, you know, I, I think, um, I think a lot of them already do. Um, again, you know, kind of goes back to your question, um, uh, about how we can use faith in rodeo. Um, I think we already do. I think we, I think the majority do a great job of it. Um, I think, um, I, I think, you know, as a whole, um, even the greats, you know, the greats that we, we talk about and what they've done after their careers, um, after their careers are over in the rodeo arena from a competitive standpoint, from a, from a hard, from a hard running competitive standpoint, what they've done to carry that on, um, into either their clinics, um, their, you know, their, their teachings, their, 
YouTube channels, um, you know, and one of them, one of them that I use that, that, that I think is, is, um, does a great job of continuing that message is Strand Smith. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, Strand Smith is a very well-known guy in, in the rodeo world, but yet Strand still, um, offers that religion piece. He offers that just as much as his roping, um, in his, in his messages, in his clinics and his schools that, and, and Connor, you and I both were just two weeks ago, um, at a, at a, at a, uh, uh, Casey Jones clinic and what an amazing time that was because, and what I valued and, and Cooper was there for the clinic and, and he said, hands down the best clinic I've ever been to dad. And what he took out of it more than roping and Connor, I think you could probably say a lot of the kids did was the fact that he stopped, he stopped. We didn't rope calves all day long. We didn't tie calves all day long. We would take a break, but in the, in those breaks, it wasn't to go check your phone. It wasn't to go make a phone call. It was to sit and talk about Christ, to talk about motivational pieces, to talk about how we deal with certain things. Um, obviously Casey is, uh, a guy that has experienced a lot of things in his life, had a lot of things to share. Um, I was extremely honored when he asked me to, um, stand and, and, and share some things and, and give a message. But to, to your question, I think, I think we do as, as a sport, a very good job of it right now, but we can't lose sight of it. We can't lose sight of what that message needs to be. And, and again, I think what drives the majority of this industry as a whole of this sport is our Western way of life background. You know, we, we want to carry that on. We want to, you know, we, we, just because we live in Iowa, um, people, we get confused with, raising potatoes right so <laughs> just because we live in idaho and may not be known for the rodeo state or the ca- uh, the cattle state or ranchers you know where we have farms um there's some of the best people that i know in this state some of the some of the kindest gentlest people that i know in this state that still value the western way of life um so it doesn't you don't have to be from somewhere specific. You don't have to have some special gift, talent. You just have to be you. You just have to be you and trust mm-hmm. in that the gifts that you have are enough to carry you and bring that message in this sport, in this way of life. Mm-hmm. You are all it takes. It doesn't matter what you do. You are the, you are the piece that matters. Yeah. And we just happen to love, we just happen to love rodeo. So. Yeah. I like to think of rodeo as the vessel to share the message, to do the thing, to build the community, to whatever, whatever it is that we're the, that's the vessel for God to interact with us and 
um, my takeaway from from what you've said and the experience that uh, Connor was over there nodding his head as you were talking about the Casey Jones uh, clinic and just for those kids who are coming up and who maybe don't have the guidance or these kinds of conversations in their lives, uh, to me, the takeaway to what can we do as rodeo athletes is put the phone down and engage in conversation, yes. you know, love yes. one another um, in those breaks between, between events or whatever it is rather than, and have fun by all means. Like you said the whole time, like God rejoices when we, when we win, God wants us to win. God wants us to be happy and all of those things. Yep. Um, so, so definitely still have fun, but, uh, but keep it God centered, you know, keep it clean, yep. keep it fun. Don't be afraid to share that message and, and just put the phones down and be with each other. Love your neighbor. as yes. yourself. Yes. We've, we've definitely lost touch with that over the years. And, and obviously we've evolved from, you know, where we were even 10 years ago, but compared to where we've evolved a uh, hundred years ago, um is 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 such a is so is so dramatic and um you know one last point that i'll that i'll touch on is um i don't know that there's anything more um <laughs> i'll say i'll say i don't know that a person feels any more pressure than um this kind of goes back to one of your questions connor that that uh, about about a sermon is is writing the sermon because what you're doing is giving God's word. I mean, you're giving him, you're, you're speaking for him, through him, through the disciples. And that is a greater responsibility for people that, that, that do this, but everybody's capable. You don't have to be ordained. You don't have to be uh, doing cowboy churches on a, on a Sunday, anybody can lead the message of Christ if they believe and if they feel confident in what that message is, you know, that's what he wants. Doug, thank you very much for being on this call and you are an amazing man and you're raising three amazing boys and I can't thank you enough for doing this for us. As anytime, anytime. I, I I appreciate you asking me. I'm honored that you asked. And uh, if you need anything else or or need me to uh, have anybody else that needs to be spoken to, I'm more than happy to. Yeah, maybe we'll have you on one of our team calls where there's some more kids who who can hear your message sure. and, and ask some questions. Um, or one of these times, I think introducing you through the podcast and having you here like uh you know connor's listening to some of the podcasts and and god has gifted rodeo kids um as an organization with just some amazing people and and that to just to speak to what you said about how there's the industry is full of of god-fearing god-loving people um they're out there and it's just a matter of surrounding yourself with them not everybody is one but most of us are one um so um, we're yep. like Connor said, we're just thankful to have you here and thank you for sharing that message and, and thank you for letting God do the work for you and to have the courage, um, to continue spreading his message and to be that person who's sharing that message because it can be a little intimidating sometimes, but it's so worth it in the end. 
It is. It is a hundred percent worth it. Yes, it is. It is very worth it. Well, I appreciate yeah. you having me on. If you guys weren't touched by this one, we need to sit down and have a conversation. Uh, we want to thank Doug again for joining us and thank you for joining us too. We want to invite you to become part of the Rodeo Kids team. Uh, if you are a youth in high school or college or junior high, you guys are welcome to join our team where we talk about God, where we bring him into your life, where we support each other. It's just these leadership kids are amazing and they're doing some amazing things and they want to help. They want you to be a part of their lives as well because we are in it together when we support each other. Uh, that's when we grow. That's when we have fun and bringing the fun back to rodeo, bringing God and keeping him in it and, and putting him in the center. Gosh, we're just going to continue to grow and get so much further. So we want to invite you to head on over to rodeokids.com and join the ambassador team now. We have our leadership retreat this weekend, and these kids have some awesome plans in store for you, and it's just time for us to start rolling. They're inviting amazing guests like Doug, like Ted News. Every week they have a podcast that you can join in on and ask questions. Uh, we also have the Zoom meetings that are coming up. We're going to start those uh, next month with the entire Rodeo Kids team. Uh, so if you are just a site member, you are also welcome to attend those. But we invite you to be an ambassador. Gosh, like Let's take it to the next level. If you guys think about it, it's $150 for the entire year. That's one tank of gas to invest in your future outside of the arena and inside of the arena. So uh, parents, if, if you're hesitant on that, like we just ask you to really sit back and think about what you're spending money on right now and and what's important, you know, because we want to be the support system um, for your kids outside of what you guys can can provide, uh, you know, to to have that team atmosphere uh, that other sports have that allow kids to get so much further in the world because they've got teammates. Uh, we want to provide that at Rodeo Kids. So even though you might not be traveling with them uh, on the bus, you still know that you've got another group of, of youth friends, of youth leaders uh, who are out there supporting you um, and who are, who believe in you and who want to see you succeed and who will pick you up when you're down because, guys, rodeo is tough. It's a family sport. And parents, you guys are doing so, so, so much for these kids as it is. Um, so we just want to help lighten the load a little bit to encourage those kids um in ways that that maybe are hard for you because you're you're telling them to do their laundry you're telling them to do this you're telling them to keep their arm up you're telling them all of these things with the best of intentions and sometimes they just need to hear it from someone else so we want to be that person head on over to rodeokids.com click join now if there's anything that we can do for you in the meantime please let us know Listen to this and you have learned about Rodeo Kids and something just pulling at your heart that you want to be involved, please reach out to me. We would love to have your support, whether you're an adult, whether you're single, whether you have kids. Um, 
whether you're a business person, it doesn't matter who you are. If God's put it on your heart to, um, you know, to, to be involved with this, please, please, please let us know. We can use the support. These kids uh, need a team. You know, they need a team of supporters as well. And as Magic Johnson says, all kids need is a little bit of help, a little bit of hope in somebody who believes in them. Uh, so help us help us in, in doing that um, and join our support team. You can head on over to rodeokids.com backslash support. If you don't see what you're looking for there, please, again, reach out to me because I want to see these kids succeed, and I know you do too. So uh, we will find a way to get you involved and, and helping out as well. Again, rodeokids.com backslash support, rodeokids.com backslash join now. Uh, we look forward to working with you guys. Good luck, everybody. Safe travels, and God bless.